Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. It's a beautiful day here in Vermont. Picture perfect summer day. I've done my meditation and yoga out on the porch. I've been doing that for a while now, watching the sunrise over the mountains as I'm doing my yoga prayers and meditation. I love it this morning. (laughs) I had such a funny experience. So there I am. I'm sitting in meditation, mentally uh, focused, and... I hear this little scurry sound. And there is this chipmunk that sometimes gets very curious about what I'm doing in in my morning practice. And it scurried right up to me. And I swear I thought it was going to jump in my lap. Because uh, I guess I was so still, high vibration, no threat. And um, when I, op- I opened my eyes, because I needed to see what was approaching me, and um, I saw it, this tiny little chipmunk. I just instinctively screamed, <laughs> which I won't do right now, in case you're wearing a headset. <laughs> and it kind of looked at me, turned, went a, a, a few human steps away, and then it turned back and looked at me. Like, what, what is happening? What is happening? And I looked at it. And my instinct was to say, oh, come back, I'm sorry, like you would with a dog, maybe like, oh, come here, come sit in my lap, come put your head on my knee, because I was sitting on the the floor of the um, porch, and it looked at me and looked at me, but I didn't say, oh, come here, come here, because I I didn't want to have any movement, really, to scare it off. So anyway, my little encounter with the chipmunk, and then after a little bit, it just said, okay, whatevs, and scampered away. Funny instances. Sometimes when I'm meditating like that, I hear the sound of a hummingbird come nearby, and sometimes they come really close. Like, what is she up to? What's happening over here? Anyway, um, gosh, I love nature. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I think it was the week before. There was a huge bear right outside the house, and it just circled around the house very close, like 10 feet away, which was so awesome because I could just look out the windows and watch it. Amazing. All right, so let's pray. Gosh, I haven't even blessed us. Here we go. I place my hand in my heart, and I am grateful. I am so grateful for this life in God, that our life is in God. It's not in the world. So grateful and thankful that we have come here together to undo any belief that we have a problem, that there's a separation, that suffering is real. We are grateful and thankful to heal everything in our mind that relates to or generates or is the cause of 
any kind of negative effect, suffering effect, painful effect. So we're grateful for the law of cause and effect that puts us in the driver's seat. We get to choose our thoughts and we are grateful and thankful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self today and every day. We are willing to walk the talk and live the love in accordance with the Holy Spirit. We've got a guide and we are grateful and thankful for our teacher, for our guide. We are grateful and thankful that everything we need is within us. Nothing is missing, nothing is lacking. We open ourselves to the unprecedented. We open ourselves to perfect love and light. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful and thankful for the unity of all life. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So this week, the topic is, and I swear, if I could have changed my topic at the last minute, it, it would have been um, another, <laughs> a, 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 another week uh, or so ago, because I really am just on fire with this topic. I feel so led and guided to share about it. And so the topic this week is the healing power of kindness. And what I was led and guided to is lesson 198, which if you were doing the lesson starting on January 1st, uh, you would have done in July. And um, it's, it's entitled, Only My Condemnation Injures Me. And for me, my recognition that I had a mind that was actively looking for what could I condemn? What could I complain about? What could I find fault with all day long? Because I had trained myself in the belief that my complaints protected me. My ability to recognize problems in advance protected me. Of course, it did not. It made me miserable because I always wanted to find something, right? Because then I'd think how clever I am. I can see this is going to be a problem. And it's funny, now my mind has changed so much. Sometimes when somebody starts working at the Power of Love ministry, and they're so intent to do a good job and to be helpful, but maybe they're not a Course in Miracles student, or maybe they are, they will say, because uh, some are, some aren't, uh, they might say to me early in their employment with the ministry something like, um, I, I see this thing, should we be worried about this? And uh, sometimes I get tempted to be kind of playful, and uh, I, I don't actually do it. But I, I could say, oh, we should definitely worry about that. Let's, let's get together 2 o'clock on Friday for about an hour. We'll worry about it together. Maybe we can get some other people to come to our worry party, and we will just worry up a storm about it. See how worried we can make ourselves be. So uh, Ernest Holmes said that worry is the 
a negative use of our imagination. And, oh my gosh, I really see worry as a fantasy uh, or negative use of our imagination, however you'd like to phrase it, however it works well for you to comprehend it. I think of it as a fantasy of what I don't want. And now when I occasionally, which I still do, I get pictures and concerns about what I don't want. I I say, that's that's got no power. That's not going to happen. That's nothing. That is nothing trying to be something which it never will be. And so condemnation was my way. And of course, it... Uh, it goes hand in hand with anxiety. If we're condemning and judging and complaining, criticizing all day long, we're going to feel afraid all the time. And we are also going to, of course, be judging everything uh, because otherwise we wouldn't be afraid and worried. So it's a big, uh, noxious, toxic soup of thinking that we can definitely change. Uh, Because many times when someone will say to me, who doesn't know me well, they'll say, um, um, that's going to be a problem for you. I say, you know, it might be a problem for somebody else, but it it definitely won't be a problem for me. And people will try to convince me it's going to be a problem, and I'll say, "I, I really find that I don't have problems. So I, I don't think we need to talk about this anymore. I appreciate your trying to help me, and um, it's not a concern. And people will be like, okay, we'll see. And I'm like, that's what we will do. We will see. And uh, people really like to try to convince you to worry, because then they're right, and they've convinced you they're right, and they have that specialness. I was right. I convinced her to get really worried and be really afraid. So she took all these precautions just in case. And, uh, you know, nothing happened. But if something did, she would have been uh, prepared for it. So we, we don't wish to be careless. We don't wish to be careless. Like in these times, people are saying it's a good idea to keep your tank full of gas Make sure you've got a full load of food and things like that. But we don't have to worry about it. We just do that and feel comfortable. We've, we've done what we can and all is well. And I recognize that in these times of pandemic right now, uh, many people are having excruciatingly painful challenges. And so that's why it's so important that we pray for them every day. Um, In uh, my morning yoga group, uh, we do, uh, we meet at 5 a.m. At at the end, someone was saying that they had planned in this pandemic, they had hoped to get a lot accomplished, but they haven't. But they have found that they have deepened their spiritual practice. (laughs) And I was saying... There's the accomplishment. What could be more productive than deepening your spiritual practice and committing to it, powerfully committing to it? 
there's not one thing in this world that would be more productive for us, for our friends, our family, our loved ones in the world than deepening our spiritual practice, clearing our mind of worry, doubt, and fear. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of doing some traveling in the winter. Uh, I have found a new place to rent uh, just a mile and a half from here, so I get to stay in the Sacred Valley. Very happy about that. And uh, But I am thinking about making a trip, I will announce it here, to Maui in the winter because the whale season in Maui is awesome. It is just extraordinary. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know how much I love the whales. Just being around the whales. They have the biggest heart chakras in the world. And they just beam it out. And when you're in the water and they're in the water nearby, oh my gosh, it is, for me, it is one of the greatest feelings in the world. Same when there's dolphins nearby because they are just such love bugs. Anyway, I digress. Okay. I hope you don't complain when I talk about my personal stuff. I feel like you're my friend and I just want to share it with you. Okay, lesson 198. Only my condemnation injures me. And I'm not afraid of traveling. That's what brought me to it, uh, to talk about Hawaii, going back to Hawaii. Because my friend said, aren't you afraid to travel? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Divinely protected. Only my condemnation injures me. I'm not condemning anything or anyone, so I feel protected. From injury. I love this. It begins with injury is impossible. Boom. And yet, illusion makes illusion. If you can condemn, you can be injured. For you have believed that you can injure, and the right you have established for yourself can now be used against you till you lay it down. As valueless, unwanted, and unreal. You see how valuable this is? You know, Jesus says these kinds of things to us over and over and over and over again in the course. And we need to really take this to our heart. Now, the way he says it is a little convoluted. It's a little cryptic. He does it on purpose, of course. To make us really look at it and think about it. But if you're willing, it is crystal clear here. Injury is impossible. Let's, I, I've learned, just, let's just accept these things as facts. But uh, don't accept it because I say it, obviously. Because A uh, Course of Miracles, Jesus is telling us this. So let's just accept injury is impossible. Real injury, true injury, injury to our spiritual beingness is impossible. And yet, illusion makes illusion. So in the illusion, it's possible to be injured. If you can condemn, you can be injured. So, really simple there. Only my condemnation injures me. I'm going to get to the kindness, I promise. But this is so important to understand how we can have a healing. He says, 
For you have believed that you can injure, right? That we can injure people with weapons. We can injure people with our words. And the right you have established for yourself can now be used against you. So if you have established that you have the right to injure other people with your words, your thoughts, your withering glances, your, oh, God. You know, all these things that, of course, I've done probably way more than you. um, That they, if we can do that to others then of course people can do it to us. One of the ways I started to think about it is that my attack thoughts are like arrows. And what happens with that attack thought is it goes out in the world and it makes a boomerang right back. So everything we're sending out as an attack is just a boomerang. It's just a boomerang. And... And if we're sending boomerangs out, flinging them willy-nilly all day long with our attack thoughts, our condemnation, our judgments, our complaints, our criticisms, will we not always feel afraid? Of course we'll always feel afraid. So we can replace all these attack thoughts with kindness. And it is extraordinary how... Healing happens so quickly when we start to do that catch, release, and replace. So we catch ourselves in an attack thought. We release it to the Holy Spirit to heal it back to the root cause so we never think it again. And then we replace it with extension of love and kindness, compassion, generosity of heart, patience. So... Our condemnation can be used against us till we lay it down as valueless, unwanted, and unreal. You you may have heard me, I've probably said it a couple of times over the years. I think of, whenever I think of this, I think of one of the opening scenes in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, where the prince comes into... um, Oh, I just blanked on the name of the town um, where the Montagues and Capulets live. Verona. Um, Fair Verona. Um, that So the prince comes in to break up a fight between the Montagues and Capulets in the, in the town marketplace. And one of his lines is, throw your mistempered weapons to the ground. And that's when I think of that catch and release it's that I'm just throwing this on the ground I literally think about like pulling it out of my mind and throwing it to the ground get it off of me so then Jesus says then does illusion cease to have effects and those it seemed to have will be undone so when we throw our mistempered weapons to the ground when we lay down condemnation and attack as valueless, unwanted, and unreal, then we will have a totally different experience in the illusion. And I can attest to this, and I look forward to you telling me I can attest to this too. (laughs) So, 
you see, because all of our attack thoughts have an effect. First, the effect is on us, right? If we're spewing poison, uh, noxious gas, we're going to inhale it first. So we get the first most toxic dose of it. But we're also sharing it with our brothers and sisters because we have but one mind. And so what he's saying here is once you let it go, the illusion of that effect, that the effect of condemnation, that the worry, the fear, the upset, the trepidation, the dread, waking up with the dread of the day, right? If, if you're extending kindness, compassion, generosity of heart, and patience all day in every way, there's nothing to dread about the day. And it will not matter whether you have uh, lots of money or little money or not enough money. It, these things won't actually matter that much. And you will find that you will have everything you need when you need it. I've experienced this so many times that I have what I need when I need it. And I love that. So, what happens too, and this is what he's saying here, uh, regarding the effects of our condemnation, he says, those it seem to have will be undone. So, this is what I see in uh, some in finding freedom for sure, But definitely in masterful living, especially as people really go through the course of the year, uh, people discover that, wow, all kinds of things are healing. I was just talking with somebody the other day that was saying that uh, how they had uh, lots of pain and their pain was dramatically reduced uh, since doing these practices. It's, uh, I truly know that forgiveness is the great anti-inflammatory. And it is the great pain reducer. I've just seen it over and over and over and over again with so many people. He, he says here, condemn and you are made a prisoner. Oh, excuse me, I skipped a sentence. Then you are free, for freedom is your gift, and you can now receive the gift you gave. So when we set people free from our condemnation and attack, our complaints and negativity, our judgments and opinions, then we are free. Now, of course, we're already free, but if we're complaining, judging, criticizing, condemning, we won't feel free. How can we? It's just not even possible. Condemn and you are made a prisoner. Forgive and you are freed. Such is the law that rules perception. It is not a law that knowledge understands, for freedom is a part of knowledge. To condemn is thus impossible in truth. What seems to be its influence and its effects have not occurred at all. So this is another reference to this is not our true reality and so we can seem to have all kinds of problems and upsets 
in this world, but it does not affect our true reality. And one way to just comprehend this is if you watch the movie The Matrix, which I highly recommend uh, in there. So people plug these things into their head and then they can experience what it's like to be inside the virtual reality of the matrix and uh and they have to choose that to be in the virtual reality of the matrix and uh of course one of the things of the movie is that people are being used like batteries to drive the equipment that is the, all the computers and everything for the matrix and um you know if you look around this world um who builds the wealth of the wealthy the poor people do in a lot of ways so there's a lot of interesting stuff in that matrix the holy spirit finds so many ways to tell us the truth and show us the truth in ways that we might be able to accept it yes hey you know um I'd like to make sure you know about our Sundays with Spirit. Uh, We just did a wonderful service last Sunday, uh, August, what was it, the 9th, I think, and uh, with Lisa Natoli. And uh, we've just got wonderful things coming up. And so I'm inviting you to come join us every Sunday. You do have to register, but it's totally free. And you can find it at jenniferhadley.com on the events page. Sundays with Spirit, our Sunday service celebration. You'll also get invited to watch any and all of the replays totally for free once you register. So isn't that a wonderful thing to enjoy? It's time for me to go to a break. And I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. So glad we're joined together. And before I go back to our topic, I would like to say that I will be offering my Masterful Living course again in January. Registration will likely open sometime late October, early November. And... In October, I'll be offering my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp based on A Course in Miracles principles again. And that's a wonderful preparation for Masterful Living, though it's certainly not required. And I had so much fun and success offering the Stop Playing Small Retreat online in uh, June, I think it was, it uh, people were just over the moon about it. It was so good. And I loved it as well. So I'm going to do that again in September. And that's a wonderful 
lead in to the Finding Freedom Boot Camp. A lot of people did that. They went from the Stop Playing Small Retreat to Finding Freedom. And so I'm going to make a special offer about that. So prepare for that coming up. Uh, Also, if you are interested in uh, getting to just even ask me questions, you could always join my sacred circle. It's my weekly uh, call that I do where I just answer questions. That's all I do is answer anybody's question about anything. You can join for a month. You can join for a year. You can join however long you would like. So it's just one month at a time you subscribe. And so you subscribe and unsubscribe whenever you like. That's called My Sacred Circle. And it is just, wow, it's wonderful. I've been doing it for a long time, maybe as long as this radio show. And so we just have a wonderful group of people. It's so it's so healing. It's so nourishing and powerful. And it usually I do those calls live on Thursdays. But if you can't join me live, you can always listen later. So this is the time for us to put the pedal to the metal. So if you're really interested in doing that, get into my boot camp and you will get my sacred circle as a bonus. So, um, and I'll tell you... Uh, Right now, if you sign up for Finding Freedom in September, I will give you Sacred Circle in October as an extra bonus. I just thought of that, so I have to tell my team later that I said that. (laughs) They'll have to figure it out. Okay, so give us a day or so to figure that out. All right, so let's go back here to Lesson 198, Only My Condemnation injuries Injures Me. In paragraph 3, I'm sorry, in paragraph 2, Jesus says, Condemn and you are made a prisoner. Forgive and you are freed. And at the end of that paragraph, he says, Forgiveness is illusion that is answer to the rest. So for, there's nothing to forgive. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles. But that's why all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. Because the only thing we really need to do is relinquish the judgments we have against ourselves. And then we usually find there's nobody else that we need to forgive. It's just ourselves. Because remember, everything is gently planned by one whose only purposes are good. And who is that one? That one is ourselves, the higher Holy Spirit self, our true identity. So when we realize that everything in our script was gently planned for us, by us, when what, what is there to complain about? Everything works together for our good if we're willing to see it. Paragraph 3 of Lesson 198, Jesus says, Forgiveness sweeps all other dreams away, and though it is itself a dream, it breeds no others. All illusions save this one, so except this one, must multiply a thousandfold. But this is where illusions end. Forgiveness is the end of dreams because it is a dream of waking. 
It is not itself the truth, yet does it point to where truth must be and gives direction with the certainty of God himself. It is a dream in which the Son of God awakens to his self and to his Father, knowing they are one. Forgiveness is the only road that leads out of disaster, past all suffering, and finally away from death. So here's the thing. You know, as a spiritual counselor for 20 years, people come all the time, and they are like asking for help for in various ways. Uh, totally understandable. And they're looking for solutions in the world. What can I do to solve my pain, to solve my suffering, to solve the lack and limitation I'm experiencing? What can I do to uh, help with all these different problems I have in the world? The answer is forgiveness. This is why the central focal point of Finding Freedom Boot Camp Masterful Living year-long course is actually doing the forgiveness work because many, many people, I've met so many of them, they will say, Jennifer, I have forgiven this and forgiven this and forgiven this. Why does it still haunt me? I just don't want to think about it anymore. It's because they haven't done real forgiveness. And, and it's understandable they haven't done real forgiveness. No one has taught them what it is or how to do it. That's why, to me, I just focus on it over and over and over again in all my classes. Because then we can actually get it done. And that's what, what is the, the thing that heals people's physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, financial pain, relationship pain. All kinds of pain. But you have to be willing to do the actual work, the inner work. It's not enough to just read these sentences or listen to this podcast. It is just simply not enough. So that's why I say, hey, my classes are, uh, they're confrontive. You know, they're also deeply supportive. So you can, you know, confront your stuff in, in a very loving, cocoony environment because it's not easy. It's not for the timid. You know, and sometimes in the Course of Miracles groups, I hear things. People can be actually rather unkind to each other. So let's remember that kindness is patience and patience is kindness and generosity of the heart, extending love. Uh, this These are acts of kindness, so we can train ourselves every day to look for acts of kindness that we can offer. And yesterday I had an experience where I was just starting a session with somebody. Just starting it. Bang, 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 knock at the door. So I open the door and it's this elderly gentleman who is... Uh, sweating. It was a hot day, and I guess he had been out in the sun or whatever. And uh, he uh, was clearly not expert at doing the census. And um, he ha- he was doing things on a, a what looked like a, f- a iPhone uh, kind of a device. And he had a bag that he had over his shoulder, and these papers in his hands, and a clipboard, and everything. 
And he said, you know, I'm from the Census Bureau. Can I ask you some questions? I said, well, the thing is, is I'm just starting an online counseling session and someone is waiting for me. That's okay. It's just going to take a few minutes. I'm like, well, I really don't want to keep this person waiting for a few minutes. So I said, well, hang on a second. So then I went back because I saw and I just kind of thought, well, this, this gentleman, he... I can be helpful to him just by being kind to him. Uh, And so, and helping him, I could tell he was new at it and that I could be a gracious presence, even though I didn't really have time for it or really have an interest in it. I did have an interest in being kind to my brother. So I went back to my client. I said, This census guy is here. It's going to take a few minutes. Do you mind waiting? No problem. Take your time. So it actually ended up taking 10 minutes. Uh, And because he's like, were you living here April 1st? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. So then he he was somebody else living here. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. And so anyway, and he was, I could tell by the way he was tapping on his phone device that he was hitting that backspace button and trying to hit it again. This was a really kind of a tall, big guy. And he probably was mid-70s at least, and maybe older. And he had these big hands and this little device, and it wasn't easy for him. So I really got that it was just my job to stand there and hold the space for him, that he could do it, that all was well. And then I I said, finally, after 10 minutes, I said, so it's been 10 minutes. I've been keeping my client waiting for 10 minutes. So is there anything else you really need from me? He said, I don't think so. I said, why don't you have a seat on the porch? Take whatever time you need. If you do need something more from me, just knock on the door and I'll come out. So fine. So and he sat out there for another 10 minutes or so, which was great because it was nice breezes. He didn't have to sit in his hot car, uh, in, which was parked in the sun in the driveway. There's no shade in the driveway. So it wasn't convenient, but so what? So what? This is what I'm training myself to to do. I, everything doesn't have to be convenient. Everything doesn't have to be efficient. Everything doesn't have to be the way my mind is trained to think it should be. There's other stuff going on. This man was new at this job. He didn't know what he was doing. He he was like he and he did say, "I know this is taking a long time. I'm new at this. I'm not that good at it yet." And I was just like, "I understand. I understand." Uh, I, I could have been more patient. I could have been more kind. Uh, but I did make it clear to him, hey, I am keeping somebody waiting. So I'd like to see, do you really need me to answer any questions? Because I, I couldn't answer most of his questions. Anyway, I'm so grateful when I, I can have time with my brother and extend love to him. I may never see this man again in my life. This may be my one opportunity 
to be kind with him. And who knows? I, I would I would get I would bet money that of course there's no way to prove it, but I would bet you that in some past life we had some kind of an experience and this experience we're having now was an opportunity to heal maybe some unpleasantness from the past. That we could just be kind and loving and patient with each other. So, you never know what's really going on until you can see through all directions of time and space. You just don't know. So that's why I try to keep that in mind. Oh, this, may, this person may be sent from heaven above for something I don't even know. So let me not push him away because it's inconvenient. Being kind is more important than waiting 10 or 12 minutes. So there you go. Forgiveness is the end of dreams because it is a dream of waking. Forgiveness is the only road that leads out of disaster, past all suffering, and finally away from death. Now, if we actually believe that, we would totally reorient our whole life. And that's what I am, have done. I am doing it. And this is what I share in my classes, is that reorientation that people in our classes will realize forgiveness is the only road that leads out of disaster, past all suffering, and finally away from death. That is a monster of a promise. Let's prove it. Let's prove God works in our life. Nothing beyond our forgiveness. No more grudges, no more grievances, no more condemnation. Jesus then says, how could there be another way when this one is the plan of God himself? And why would you oppose it? Quarrel with it? Seek to find a thousand ways in which it must be wrong. A thousand other possibilities. Think about that. When you know people say they're not ready to forgive, I understand it. And so I guess they don't want a road that leads past and out of all disaster, past all suffering, and finally away from death. Hmm. What up with that? <laughs> Is it not wiser to be glad you hold the answer to your problems in your hand? If I'm holding the book in my hand, I've got the answer to my problems. I, I, I have wept and wept for joy and gratitude sometimes holding this book in my hand. For sure. So, so grateful. Is it not more intelligent to thank the one who gives salvation and accept his gift with gratitude? And is it not a kindness to yourself to hear his voice and learn its simple lessons he would teach instead of trying to dismiss his words and substitute your own in place of his? Yeah. His words will work. 
His words will save. His words contain all hope, all blessing, and all joy that ever can be found upon this earth. His words are born in God and come to you with heaven's love upon them. Those who hear his words have heard the song of heaven. For these are the words in which all merge as one at last. And as this one will fade away, the word of God will come to take its place, and for it will be remembered then and loved. This world has many seeming separate haunts, where mercy has no meaning, and attack appears as justified. Yet all are one, a place where death is offered to God's Son and to his Father. You may think they have accepted, but if you will look again upon the place where you beheld their blood, talking about the death of God and ourselves and just death in itself, If you will look again upon the place where you beheld their blood, you will perceive a miracle instead. How foolish to believe that they could die. How foolish to believe you can attack. How mad to think that you could be condemned and that the Holy Son of God can die. The stillness of yourself remains unmoved, untouched by thoughts like these, and unaware of any condemnation which could need forgiveness. Dreams of any kind are strange and alien to the truth, and what but truth could give a thought which builds a bridge to it that brings illusions to the other side? I always love when there's the bridge uh, imagery in here. Today we practice letting freedom come to make its home with you. The truth bestows these words upon your mind that you may find the key to light and let the darkness end. Only my condemnation injures me. Only my own forgiveness sets me free. Only my condemnation injures me. Only my own forgiveness sets me free. I'm going to say it one more time. Only my condemnation injures me. Only my own forgiveness sets me free. Do not forget today that there can be no form of suffering that fails to hide an unforgiving thought. Nor can there be a form of pain forgiveness cannot heal. Nor can there be a form of pain forgiveness cannot heal. If you go back last summer, I did a couple of episodes of this podcast with Kieran J. Gardner, and she talked about being, she was literally incapacitated from the neck down she was blind she could not speak all she could do was click her tongue yes two for yes one for no or something like that and just I I think she could 
Well, she even lost that capacity. Imagine, she's laying on a mattress on the floor, wearing a diaper. She can only click her tongue, yes or no. And she's blind. She lost all her capacities. And she's a brilliant woman. But that's what it took for her to finally forgive. Years of laying on that mattress on the floor. Mostly alone. She didn't want to listen to radio and television and things like that. It's, it's, there are a couple episodes we did, epic, epic. I really, the first one we had a lot of difficult, technical difficulties, but I do think it's still worth listening to, and then it's, it's a good precursor to the second one, which we didn't have any tech difficulties, as I recall. Really worth listening to. She is doing a class for the Power of Love Ministry in the fall that is about uh, healing anger and uh, achieving peace and miracles, something she's an expert in, and I I know you will be glad you attended. So um, I don't know if we're going to have that up today, but we'll have it up very soon. And it's, uh, I believe it's September 5th. I think that's a Saturday. So um, I I highly recommend that. You'll be able to see that at jenniferhadley.com on the events page when it's up. Probably, maybe on the homepage too, I'm not sure. All right. Do not forget today that there can be no form of suffering that fails to hide an unforgiving thought, nor can there be a form of pain forgiveness cannot heal. A Course in Miracles is filled with so many promises of healing, and they really do work. Many times, though, people aren't willing to believe it. They don't feel comfortable believing it and activating their healing because they don't even realize how the unconscious guilt does uh, this number on our consciousness that we feel we should be punished and so our pain, our suffering, our illness is our punishment and we don't feel worthy of healing and so that's why what I teach is just do the forgiveness anyway. Just do the forgiveness anyway. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And um, and it works. It works. But it has to be true forgiveness, real forgiveness, which is about really forgiving yourself for the meaning you made of things, the interpretations. And it it can be quite a process Listen to this from chapter 27, section 7, paragraph 15 and 16. He's talking about, well, he says, Dream softly of your sinless brother who unites with you in holy innocence. And from this dream, the Lord of heaven will himself awaken his beloved son. That's you and me. Dream of your brother's kindnesses instead of dwelling in your dreams on his mistakes. 
Select his thoughtfulness to dream about instead of counting up the hurts he gave. Forgive him his illusions and give thanks to him for all the helpfulness he gave. There's more, but I'm going to pause now. And if you appreciate this podcast, write a review. That helps us out so much. Also, if you would like to make a contribution, one easy way to do it is to sign up for the ACIM texts at acimtexts.com. acimtexts.com. You can also find it at the events page at jenniferhadley.com. It's a simple way to make a contribution. I'm saying a blessing for us, so grateful and thankful to be in holy partnership with the Holy Spirit. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Mwah.